I am excited to share God's Word with you this morning. Uh, could you turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10? Uh, I think we'll put it up on here, but also if there's Bibles in the back on the table there, feel free to help yourself if you'd like. If you don't have one, you're welcome to keep it as our gift to you. Uh, scholars think the book of Ephesians was likely written around 61 or 62 AD by Paul, formerly known as Saul. And uh, so we're going to look at just one verse from that book. And I've, I've titled my message for today, Created to Serve. Created to Serve. Let's ask God to speak to us. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you gave us the gift of your word, that we can that we can get to know you because of the things that you sent to us to, to, to show us who you are, who we are, uh, how do we relate to each other, what, what do you have in mind. Uh, thank you so much for this huge gift. And we ask that you would speak this morning. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. We thank you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's a beautiful verse, and uh, uh, growing up, I saw many examples of, of this verse being acted out in my, in my parents' lives. Uh, I remember one neighbor uh, whose name was Mr. McDonald, uh, we grew up, I grew up in a farming community, and Mr. McDonald hurt his back uh, so, so badly that he could not harvest his, his fields. And so, so uh, my dad took his combine and went over and, and harvested for that man. Uh, another neighbor, Mr. Knobby, lived half a mile away, and he had bad diabetes. And every once in a while, his wife would call us and ask us to come over quickly. So we would go over there, and Mr. Knobby was sort of in a state of not knowing, how, uh, not knowing much. Like, uh, I don't know if you'd call it comatose, but, but like, like uh, he, he was sort of in and out of reality. And so, so we would, we would uh, gather him up and take him to the hospital. There was a time that he and his wife were driving uh, in, in, into the sunlight, and, and they did on a highway, uh, and they did not see a parked car. And they, they ran right into that back, uh, back of that car. And so, so the parents had to be hospitalized. And the three children came and lived in our home for a number of weeks. Mr. Tilly was an elderly man who wanted to move into a senior's residence. But there was no room for him in that, in that, uh, in that center. And so my parents uh, moved out of their bedroom. And Mr. Tilly moved into their bedroom for a number of months until finally uh, a place opened up for him. I remember the time when we, we went to visit a, a poor family in the neighborhood. This family had many children. And I remember in the house, it was an unfinished house. I could see through the studs, like there was no drywall. You could see from between the rooms because uh, it hadn't been finished yet. And, and my mom noticed that that lady was doing all of the laundry by hand. So we went home, and mom, we loaded up the, 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 the washing machine and took it over there. We are created to serve. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus 
to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's look at this verse. I just want to walk through it together with you. The verse starts out with the word for. But when you see something like that, then you know there's, it's connected to something. You've got to look back. So when I look back at Ephesians chapter 1, we'll just, we notice that it's all about who we are in Christ. This relationship with Jesus that has begun. And it, his, it, it, he has brought us close to himself. He chose us. He redeemed us. That means he bought us. He bought us. He marked us. Chapter 2 talks about what our relationship with Jesus, what a relationship looks like with Jesus for those who have chosen to trust in him and to follow him. It shows how we were, we were spiritually dead, but now Christ has made us alive, how he saves us by his mercy and grace. It talks about how God sees us as seated with him in heaven already. Can you imagine? Time, it must be so different for God. He doesn't just see where we are, but he sees the finished work, or he sees us already there, as if we are there. It's, it's amazing. Um, God points to us as a display of his goodness. Can you imagine? God, God can point and say, hey, look, hey, look, there's Marlene. Hey, look, there's Daniel. I had grace on them. I saved them. You know, um, it's, it's beautiful. Now, let's go back just a couple verses to verses 8 and 9. I don't have them on the screen, but hopefully you have them in your Bible uh, in front of you. Um, it says there in verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. So, well, so for some of you, this verse is probably very familiar. Uh, you know that we are saved by God's grace and that it's not from us in any way, none of our doing. But for some of you, maybe there's someone here or someone online who is maybe new to this whole idea of what Jesus has done. So I just want to explain that a little bit for you. Verse 8 is talking about being saved. Well, why would anyone need to be saved? Why would you or me or anyone need that? Well, God tells us that we are all sinful people. You see, we have chosen to go our own way, to live independent of God. We have, we have done many things which are not good, which are called sin. And we have, done, we have not done many good things that we should have done. We, are, we fall short, and our sins pile up to make a huge debt of sin. God says the wages of sin is death. That means we should be punished for, for those sins that we, have, that we have done. The wages of sin is death. Uh, but I want to tell you good news as well. He says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So while we should be separated from God, we can have relationship with God. God is rich in mercy. Mercy means God not giving us what we deserve. That's huge. God is very rich in that. And he sent Jesus. Jesus was the only perfect one. And he came to be our substitute. Jesus died to pay that debt that you and I could never pay. Jesus had power over sin and death. And he came back to life to offer us 
a new life. God is the one who gives us the gift of faith. We can put our trust in, in Jesus. Our full trust in Him means surrendering to Him, turning our life over to Him. We must recognize that we are saved only by God's grace. That's His goodness that we don't deserve. That's what grace is. We must accept this gift of salvation and surrender our lives to Him. And that opens the door to relationship. He says He adopts us then into His family and a new relationship has begun. Maybe you're here on, uh, or online and you have not made that decision, then I would encourage you, don't wait. That is the beginning of relationship of meaning and purpose and peace in life. It doesn't mean that life will be easy. You will go through hard times, as many people have shared for prayer this morning. We will go through hard times, but he promises to go with us in those hard times, to be even with us in the valley of the shadow of death. So, I, if you have not made that commitment, I would encourage you to make that commitment today. Don't wait. Now, verse 9 is, so verse 9 is so clear that we are saved by grace alone. We are not saved by any good things that we can do. And that is the background that leads us to this verse, verse 10. And that's where I want to focus today. It says, we are God's workmanship. Or another way, uh, God's handiwork. These are two synonym, uh, synonyms here. Uh, God's workmanship and God's handiwork. So I, I acti actually at this point, I need some help. Just wondering, are there any, any children or young people that did not go to Sunday school? Hello? Any children or young people that did not go to Sunday school? I need some help up here. Maybe you've been wondering, what did James bring apple boxes to church for? I do need some help. Like, 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 like all of you young people, <laughs> okay, or I think we're getting some people who are young at heart too. Okay, good. Uh, so what I, let's see here. Let me just check my, check my notes here. Okay. I want you to look in, in this box, uh, uh, actually look in this bag or in this box and you can choose something to take and hold. Okay. Some are fragile, so be careful. I want you to take it out and hold it and let people see what you have. Okay, there. All right, and you want to take this one? Okay. Can you stand on the same level so people can see? Uh, you're not behind each other, thanks. Yeah. Can you hold that up too, Jennifer? Okay. So what do you have, Luther? Uh, it looks like a vase, okay. And what do you have? Isaac, okay, a bowl. And Jennifer? Okay, some kind of a cup, okay. Is there no, no other children? Where's Maggie? Maggie, where are you? Maggie, are you hiding? I need, one more I need one more person, Maggie. Can you hold one more thing for me, Maggie? This is a, okay, all right. Oh, you want to hold this one? Okay. Jennifer, can you hold that? Okay, all right. So, uh, okay, so you see some things here. Now, look in this box and, and, and uh, tell me if you see anything that could go in what you were holding. Let's see, this won't be for you, Jennifer. Sorry, this is, this is for the other ones. Okay, and this, is, this one is when you were holding. 
Okay, can you put, put this to like this? And now can you, can you guys hold those up so everybody can see what you've got? Oh, so we have something that was created by somebody uh, for, for a special purpose. And something else was created. Uh, I had the privilege of making that vase, and this one says AS on the bottom. Oh, that must be Ann Siebert. There's a, uh, a, something for soap and for toothbrush. Oh, that's beautiful. This blanket, thank you, thank you, Jennifer. And uh, this, this blanket was made by my mother. This is when I was single and she was hoping I would get married. So, <laughs> so, so this lay in a, in a box for many, many years because you know I was, I, was, uh, I was 43 when I got married. So, so that blanket had a long wait. But anyways, thanks guys. You can, you can just set those in front right here now. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your help. So, so guys, uh, we see that there was a creator who wanted to make something and design them for a purpose. Each of these things was designed for a purpose, created to serve. Friends, we are not our own handiwork. We are not our own handiwork. Um, the world tells us that you, you have to do everything. You are the one who's responsible for you. Uh, everything is up to you. You have to make yourself. Um, but God says, no, we are not our own handiwork. We are his handiwork. Um, when I look in Webster's or other dictionaries, it talks about something that is made or the quality that is imparted to the thing that you make. Um, that's, that's workmanship, uh, handiwork. S work that is done personally or skillfully. Are you making a connection to what God did with you? Are you, are you thinking about yourself and what God has done in making, creating you? I hope, I hope that's what you're thinking. There's craftsmanship. There's artistry. There's design. Um, can you imagine God creating you? And in fact, in Psalm 139, he talks about knitting you together when you're inside of your, your mother's womb. So, so I know there, there are usually some things that maybe, maybe you're happy that, that these are characteristics about you, and then sometimes there are some characteristics about you that you are not so happy, and you wonder what was the creator doing in that particular uh, <laughs> moment. Uh, I know, I, know uh, God, I feel like God has gifted me in some areas, and you probably will, would say the same. Like for me, I feel like God has put in me a heart of compassion for people, or um, maybe from things I've gone through, I, I used to be, feel very much outside. As a, as a child, I would, I would be in uh, sports at school, and I would be near the end of the ones chosen for the team. Uh, I was not so athletic. And so, so I, I, I somehow, God has now used that to see people who are maybe on the outside or new or, or something like that. So, so, um, so that's just an example. Uh, God, has, God has gifted every one of you. God has designed you, created every one of you with, with, an, with areas with which you can use to serve. So, so then there's probably things that you don't like about yourself. Uh, in my case, you, you probably can't tell, but my, my teeth grew in without enamel. So only if I would pull my, my, my lip way down, then you would see, oh, these are all crowns. 
And then you would see that below that, my teeth are all very yellow, as they were for many years before I could ever, ever, God blessed me with a gift of crowns. But, but uh, so, so and then my, my legs are not straight. I haul, you, see, you see me wobble around, right? So, so, so there are things which I have not, not liked about myself. And so I think the, quest, the question I've had to come to is, is uh, how do I view God's workmanship? Uh, what am I going to do with God's workmanship? And I remember a, a very important quote from my Bible school days so long ago. I am significant and secure in my relationship with Jesus and whatever he chooses to provide. I am significant and secure in my relationship with Jesus and whatever he chooses to provide. Can I thank God for his workmanship? Can you thank God for his workmanship in you? Can we appreciate God's creation then also in the people who are around us? Sometimes it's easy to look down on someone who is different, and we, we, we can find ourselves doing that, and we have to be, I, ha, I have to guard my, guard my heart that I don't do that because I'm looking down on God's workmanship in someone else. I must not do that. Um, so the original word here for, for workmanship or handiwork is the word poema, poema. Could you guess any English word that could possibly come from that? Good try, Jennifer. Poema. Anyone want to try it? How about poem? Poem. That's where we get the English word poem. What's happening when someone is writing a poem? Their inner heart is being expressed. Who they are is being expressed in what, what is coming out. And, and, and sometimes those are turned into music. And then we hear them up here and stuff, right? This is, this is the heart of God creating in, in someone. Uh, and so just imagine God's handiwork. You are like God's poem. Can you imagine you being God's poem to people around you? That's a beautiful, beautiful picture. The deep inner thoughts of, of the poet coming out in, in you. Can you put all this together? God is creating. God has thoughtfully, personally created and designed you and me. Notice he used the word we. So often I think, as I read scripture, I think about me. I think I personalize it so quickly for me. But he said we. So, so do, how does that change it? How does that change it? So yes, he personally created and designed each one of you individually, yes. But, but what about in bringing us together? What does that do? What could Jesus do in our midst as we put our gifts together, as we serve together? We watch that happening in many ways in our fellowship. What more might he want to do as we think about that? God is making something beautiful in us as a community. Together, we are his handiwork. Then it says that we are created in Christ Jesus. What does that mean, created in Christ Jesus? The word talks about being changed, transformed in Christ can you remember 1 Corinthians 5.17 where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
The new creation has come, the old has gone. The new is here. So as I was thinking about it, I was trying to imagine, I was, I was just thinking like of a rope or something. Like imagine Jesus and us intertwined. We are in Christ. Like, so, so as I was thinking about it, well then, then when, when people are looking at us, hopefully they're seeing Jesus. Hopefully the, the spotlight is not on us, but it's actually on Jesus as we are one, as we're in, intertwined. He's brought us into himself. Our identity is hidden in Jesus Christ. Our identity must not be apart from Christ. Our identity must not be apart from Christ. When people see us, hopefully they quickly connect us to Jesus and they think, oh, that's what Jesus is like. Oh, that's beautiful. I was thinking of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. In 2 Corinthians 2, 15, it says, We are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Did you know that you smell? How do you smell? Maybe you put something on this morning. <laughs> but I mean, how do you smell as you go through life? I hope you are a pleasing aroma of Jesus that when they see you and they, they, they see and they smell what's coming from this person, not physically, but, but, but they see Jesus just coming out of you. Then it says that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works. Hold on. Didn't we just talk about good works? Like we're not saved by good works. Right? Verse 9 did say that. We are not saved by good works. Nothing you can do can pay the debt of sin, of bad that we have done. No, none of our good works can pay for that. So, so what? Now he's saying we are created in Jesus for good works. Oh, so you're saying it's good, doing good things does not help before we come to Jesus. But now that we are in Jesus, now good works just come out. It's just part of our DNA. As Jesus is living in us and he's working in us, this, th these good things come out of us now. Oh, that's beautiful. We can't, we can't think that we would be saved by good works because that would bring the focus on ourselves. And the scripture says then we would be proud of that. And that would take the focus off of God. The spotlight must never be on us but on God. We are saved by faith and God's grace alone. But now, good works come into the picture once we've made this commitment, once we've surrendered our life to Jesus. So, when we come to Jesus, we find out that we were created and designed to do good works. That's in our spiritual DNA. Then it says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Does that blow your mind? God prepared good things for you and me to do long ago, way ahead of time. God prepared them. Well then, how do we know what they are? How do we know what to do? I think I want to ask you that. Would you want to give me some ideas? Speak to me. How could we know what God would want to do if he's prepared them? That means they're just sitting there, like they're waiting 
to be done through us, right? So then how does that come about? Like, like how would we know what to do? And where do, how do you see this? Did you say talents? Okay, so maybe the talents God has given you, being willing to use those, are you saying? Thank you, Marilyn. Anyone else? Through Scripture? So maybe God shows you something through, through Scripture, what to do? Okay, some strengths and weaknesses that are, that, that are going to be coming through us. Okay. Okay. Okay, but MB, how do you know that's... Okay, so... Okay, the Holy Spirit has come to live in us. At the moment we surrender to Jesus, His Spirit comes inside. He's there to direct us, to convict of sin, to guide us. So, so as we're walking with God's God, the Holy Spirit, He will guide us. He'll, I think that He puts the thought in our minds. For me, uh, the other day, I'm driving on, the, on one of those icy days, and I see this car that is facing the wrong direction, just at the, on the side of the road. So I feel, like, I feel like Jesus is saying, stop. So we stop, and, and, and uh, the snow is not even that deep, but, but this lady did a did a donut and, and ended up, you know, just sort of sitting there like a, a bit shocked. And, and so, so what's the next thing? Well, I think Jesus wants me to stop traffic. So, so we just stop traffic and she pulls up and goes off on her way. You know, uh, hopefully we can get opportunities to say something like, God, or Jesus loves you, or, you know, just put that together with the, with the good deeds that we do. But but yes, I believe that the God's Spirit is going to, He wires us. He's wired MB in, in that way. And what, he, he will be putting different things on your hearts as, because He's made us each a little bit different. And we need each other. And it's the we together that's, 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 that's involved in all of this. Yes? Okay. So. So God's plan was that he prepared in advance that we would be linked with Jesus, that we would do good things to others. We were created, designed to serve. Some, some translations say that we should walk in them. Uh, that was an interesting way to put that last part, that we should walk in them. It makes me thinking that as we're walking through life, imagine God is saying, ah, say this, ah, do this. God puts little thoughts in our minds as uh, little, little, little things that, that we, can, we can do. Can I ask you, how did Paul live this out? Do we have any indication of how Paul lived out what he is preaching here? Does anybody know Paul's circumstance while writing this book? Where was Paul? In prison. Paul is saying this while he is locked up, fastened to, another, to a guard. Imagine that. We know he was for, uh, in, under house arrest for two years in Rome. What was Paul doing while he was locked up? Pardon me, Robert? Praying? Yes, I'm sure he was praying. What else? Talking to God, yes. 
Oh, to the guards. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my ears. Yes, yes. Definitely he was talking to, to guards. Um, in, but I'll just remind you, in, in Ephesians 3.1, this is how we know he was a prisoner. He said, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. And uh, so, so uh, in, when we read in Acts 28.30, um, that, that's where he, we know he was under house arrest for two years. And so he was, he was probably very busy writing. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. He was very busy doing good works uh, in, while he was locked up there. And uh, in, uh, we read that he, uh, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And it says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. How can all of the guards, the, all of the soldiers know unless Paul has been talking? As he's locked up, that's not stopping him from from, from doing these good works. And then, when we read in Philippians 4.22, all God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. All God's people, especially Caesar's household. What? The good news has been going from his jail cell, somehow all infiltrating Caesar's household. Good, good works. Good works happening in difficult circumstances. So that tells me God can use us no matter what our circumstance is. We are created for good works. How can this be practical for us as believers? Well, if, if we find that we have not been living this way, we need to come to Him and repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm not using the gifts you've given me. I am not living like I'm looking for you to work. Those good works that you prepared in advance for me to do, I haven't been living as if they are right there waiting, coming along today. God, today. And then, then tomorrow comes. God, what is it today? Right? Which good work did you prepare today? Uh, so first we may need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm not living this way. I think we need to thank God for creating us, for his handiwork in designing us in the way that he did. We need to remind ourselves that we are created to serve. We need to remind ourselves where is our identity. Our identity is in Christ and in nothing else. We need to start our day with a sense of expectancy for how will God use me today? How will, God use you? How will God use me today? And then we can ask him, God, what opportunities do you have? What are the good works that you want to use me today? What, what does it look for? Uh, sorry, what does this all look like? Well, when I look here at sunrise, I can see a bunch of this happening already. I'm going to say a few things, and forgive me if I don't mention you, but I see many things, and we give glory to God for everything he's done. I see Janelle running that support group for, for grieving people. Some of those people don't know Jesus, and they're coming to grief support. What a beautiful, good thing to do. I see Marilyn organizing that library so you can have good books to read, and your children as well. 
I see Garth and Chrysaline leading worship teams. And all you guys, Dylan, Dan, Ken, and, and on the other teams, all of you, uh, I see you leading us into God's presence. And sometimes I'm sitting there, and God is just touching my heart. And, and he's preparing our hearts for hearing his word. I see Lauren and Doug, and they're back, running that sound and making sure the PowerPoint is working and all of that. I see a large team of, of, uh, of, of greeters welcoming people at the door. It's beautiful. People need to know they're welcome when they come here. I see Marie and a team of people managing a whole bunch of little people in the nursery while the preaching is going on. I looked in there the other day. There's about 12 little ones. We need to build up that team. I see Janelda and Nancy and others that are going to give time to go and invest in our children in the Sunday school. I see Kyle and Lorella loving on and serving our youths. I see Adam out there shoveling the snow and mowing the grass in summer. I, I see Jacqueline taking care of the books, making sure the finances are, are good. I see Dennis going late at night and checking that heaters are on to thaw the pipes that froze. I see Juanita making a children's bulletin every Sunday so that your children can have something to, to draw on and, and to be involved in during the gathering. I see people making sure that Leanne's chair is, is separated. She's got her scribbler and, and, and Jennifer has her Bible and they're ready to go for worship. All these things are so beautiful. Working as a team, God is working, using us all. I see Cindy serving coffee and treats every week. I see Brenda helping us to, to grow together, getting a team together for, I don't know, is a bowling coming up or something? Uh, uh, helping, helping us in our relationships. Um, I, see, I see people giving. We, the Benevolent Fund has, has money in it. People are always contacting Dennis saying, we need help with groceries or this or that. Beautiful that people are giving and we can, we can share what God has provided. I see Grant and Colleen giving a ride to Jennifer on Sunday mornings. I see Arnie and Rebecca opening up their home and adopting children who need a, who need a home. I see Arnold and Ergie opening up their home so Ukrainian refugees can come and just live in their home. Dennis and Brad going to India to serve the churches there. People giving so they could go. All the funds are raised, by the way. All the funds are raised for their mission trip. Celebrate. Thank you, Jesus. I see Megan being willing. Last week she said, I'm, I'm going to Rwanda. I'm going to serve in Rwanda. It's beautiful. Folks helping to support her to go. Janelda in Maryland organizing a team to, to visit people and care for people who are in need. Organizing Christmas baskets. Caring for Lloyd Sherman, who's from BC, who has nobody in Edmonton. People saying, I'll go and I'll visit with him, I'll sit with him. Someone drove to southern Alberta and brought all these chairs that you're sitting on at no expense to the church. Folks, 
Many things probably else have been done that I haven't seen or noticed. Uh, and, and, and I have not meant to, to leave any of you out. But people, we are doing these things for the glory of God, serving for Him. The list could go on and on. And I hope you have joy in serving in the way that, that God has wired you. Maybe you're here and you're not involved yet. Well, we would welcome you to. We would welcome you to be involved. If you've got gifts in music, please talk to Garth. We would love to have another worship team. Uh, maybe, maybe you could work with young children. Please talk to Marie. We're thinking we need at least three people in the nursery as, though, as there so, God has brought many young little ones into our church. We need more Sunday school leaders and teachers. We need more people in the sound booth and running the PowerPoint. We need more people to come alongside uh, Lorella and Kyle to love on our young people. Um, we, need, we need people who would take over maintenance so Dennis doesn't have to think about what is breaking or what needs to be fixed. If a team could just own that so that Dennis didn't have to think about that, that would be amazing. We need people who would help contact Adam and say, I will shovel the next snow or I will mow the next grass in summer uh, so Adam doesn't do it all. Um, it was beautiful to see Luther and, and Violet uh, handing out instruments uh, today. Maybe some of you can just, you see, oh, it needs to be done. Just get up and, and, and do it. Bless our children uh, in, in worshiping as well. I read in the bulletin today that we need a library helper for Marilyn. Maybe you would like to help with the library. Then there's opportunities outside the church. Uh, maybe, maybe you are a student. Could you do something for your fellow classmates? Um, maybe you, as, a, as a child, maybe you could help your mom and dad. You could offer to do something that blesses them. Maybe, you, maybe just, just don't like, do something that gives them a heart attack because they're shocked that you're offering for the first time. Uh, maybe you can check in on your elderly neighbor during cold snaps. Uh, maybe, maybe do something for your colleagues at work that, that just blesses them. And it's a and and uh, and just it's a little smell of it's a little aroma of Jesus as you do that. Maybe you're on the bus or you're on the train, and you offer someone your seat, or you you get into a conversation. You're looking for a excuse me, looking for a conversation to start. Maybe you can volunteer at your local school. Uh, some of you have given to our mission organization, Multiply. Do you remember we had those catalogs? You guys, 185 children in Uganda are now going to get essential school supplies. 167 Bibles were given for, uh, for people who need to know Jesus. 28 bicycles are purchased for pastors, uh, Batwa pastors in Congo. 40 children will be going to Bible camp. 65 new churches will have instruments for worship. 70 Thai families are going to start new gardens. They, they will be able to provide for themselves with, with the gardens that they will grow. And, and uh, the, the match of 200, uh, there was a match of 100,000, and 100,000 was given, 200,000 for expanding wherever God wants our organization, uh, our mission organization to expand. Beautiful, beautiful. Maybe someone just needs a listening ear, and that's, that will be your gift to them. Maybe come and, come and help us on a Friday night in our home when we have a house full of international students. So, friends, we are created to serve. Created to serve. What good works has God pla planned, has he prepared for you to do?
Ask yourself, am I, are we living life with expectancy, ready for God to give us opportunities to serve and to bless others? As I was thinking about this thing, I was thinking, what stops me? Sometimes it's fear. One of the new things I'm trying is when I'm at the grocery store, I'll ask the teller, uh, is there anything I can pray for you about? That's a bit scary. So, uh, so, so, but it's, it's been sort of fun too. One person said, pray that I'll get into college. And last night we were actually in Calgary and we were driving home. We stopped at a gas station and I, I, I just felt like, I just felt like you need to ask him. So I asked him, what can I pray for you about? He said, pray for safety. So there he is at night working in a gas station. You know how that can be scary at times, I guess. There's no barrier between him and the, you know, the, where the customers would be. So sometimes it's fear, though, that wants to stop me from that. Or shyness. I'm too shy. Do you know what that is? That's pride. That's actually pride. Uh, uh, we can easily make excuses. We can be afraid of what people will say. We can say, I'm too young. I can't. What? You're talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you children. What about old people? I'm too old to serve now. No, no, I think God would have things for you yet. You need to look for what did he prepare for you at this stage of life. Sometimes we are lazy. Sometimes we don't want to make the effort. Sometimes there's just a lot of distractions, social media, things that keep us away from being available. Let's not make excuses and let's not do it in our own strength. In, do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not for our own glory, but for His. To point people to Him, to show love to one another, to glorify God. Friends, I saw Bill Sanders changing a light bulb that went out. Dorothy delivered a gift card to a family that, that was on a, contacted us for benevolent help. Pastor Dennis goes to the junior high every week. He loves on those boys as he's coaching. There was a time when Dennis and Chrysaline saw that someone's roof was in bad shape. They took a bunch of their savings, got some people together, and put a new roof on someone's house. We are created to serve. There are many examples in front of us. Many people have gone before us. We've seen God working through them. May God challenge us and may He use us as well. We are created to serve. What is Jesus inviting you to? May God bless each one as you serve Him in the way that He designed, that He wired you to serve, not out of obligation. It's not, not for any credit or anything. It's just out of joy out of joy for how God has created you and designed you. It's all for His glory. It's in His strength and with His strength that this is done. Let's pray. Father God,